I think theology is for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. Man, what a frustrating thing. I just now did this entire video and realized it wasn't recording. So... And you'll see why, because this is a very hard video to do. Uh, I wasn't going to do anything today. I had no plans. I mean, um, it's been one of these days, and you'll see what I'm talking about in just a moment. I wasn't going to do anything, but I decided, hey, this is the time probably that I do need to do something, because oftentimes I want to express to you the way that I feel. Now, one of the things that we, we do in these situations, whenever you see me teaching, whenever you see me doing these podcasts, whenever you see me making some type of appearance that I know many people are going to see, you know, I put on the self that I want you to see, even right now, to some degree, I'm doing it. But what I want you to do whenever you're engaging with me, whenever you see me, is think this is what I would do in every situation. This is who I am every, every situation. This is Michael, even in his own mind. You know, he's expressing himself. This is authenticity. This is, this is what I tried to do. Some of you, you know, have uh, been around for a long time, and you see this in my writings, me trying my best I can to be authentic. But, uh, you know, it's not so much. It's harder to do it in this kind of situation. I don't know why. Maybe it should be easier, but it is harder. And that's why I thought, you know, because of the way I feel today, because it's one of those bad days, because it's one of those off days, maybe this is whenever I need to do something. You know, I've been doing theology for 20 years. Some of you guys have watched me do theology for the last 20 years. Some of you have just come around. Um, And you may have a perception of me. Hopefully, it's an authentic perception. Hopefully, you've seen the three-dimensional me enough, not just you know me teaching theology or teaching about the Trinity or teaching about church history or something like that, but me being myself and letting you know who I am. Now, I'm not any big-name leader within the church. Um, I've been around for a while, and a lot of people do engage with me, but I'm not somebody that uh, is looked up to, broadly speaking. But some of you guys may look at me and you think, I've got it all together. Uh, and that, that's a perception that I do not want anybody to have. I do not have it all together. And because I teach this way, because I love the Lord, because I, I do my best to follow the Bible, because I can interpret the Bible, or at least I think I can interpret it well, just because I know theology, and um, try to speak wisely in these situations. Just because all those things are there doesn't mean that I have got it all together. Sometimes I feel like it doesn't help at all. Sometimes I feel so broken and embarrassed of myself. This is one of those days. I mean, it's it's one of those days where it's, it's I, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, you know, sometimes I wake up in the morning, and it's be- been better. This, this started in 2010, really. I've always, I've always, let me, let me back up from it. I've always liked authenticity, hated inauthenticity. I don't like ha- engaging with people. Let's do it on a real fundamental level. I don't like engaging with people who are, are liars. Now, I'm not coming down on people who lie. I mean, 
please, please hear this. You'll understand what I'm saying. I know that everybody has their own issues and everybody has their own struggles and sins. And so I don't want to seem too judgmental, but I also don't want to act like there is not repercussions for this. Whenever you, whenever you, I think you're a liar and you're talking to me, I have no idea who it is I'm talking to. That's the problem. Whenever people are inauthentic, whenever people do not tell me the truth, they lose engagement with me, and it's very, very hard to get it back. That's how it is with everybody. Uh, it takes a long time to reestablish yourself if you've established yourself as somebody who is not true, who is a liar. But you also have people who are not liars outright, but liars in in a different way. Uh, they they are they they try to put up a front every time you see them. Every time you see them, they try to they try to hand you their resume and tell you all the great things they've done, so that they, you you are impressed by them. We're all like that. We all want other people to be impressed by us. This is not one of those days. I want you to be impressed by me. This is not an impressive moment for me at all. And, uh, you know, uh, like I said, I do it sometimes as well, but I need to see the real people oftentimes. And if I can't get to that real person, that authentic person, if there's not a time whenever you, I can find you, the real you, then it's very hard for me to engage in a relationship and value that relationship because, like I said, it feels like lost time. There's no reason to because I'm, I'm, I'm engaging with a facade, something that doesn't actually exist, something that you want me to perceive exists, but it doesn't really. Even if, even if it's not true, if I perceive or think that it's not true, it's very hard for me. That's why it's very difficult for me to deal with with liars, people who lie. And again, I'm, I'm, tr I'm not trying to come down really hard on anybody. Um, and there's, this is just in general, people who know me know this as well. I mean, sometimes I even lie. I break my own, my own stipulation for engagement and relationships. And so I'm not acting as if I've got it perfect, but I'm saying all this to say that every once in a while, you need to be able to get through and see the real person. And I thought, as I'm sitting over here brooding, and that's what I've been doing today, brooding all day. It's been a bad day. Scared. I mean, really, very, very scared. That's that's where I get. I get um, anxious. I get scared. I evaluate my situation, everything that's going on in my life, my family, how am I doing taking care of them, and just everything, and I can get really nervous, really scared. Now, I'm not on any medication or anything for that. I've never have been, and I'm not against it. You know, I just had that situation a long time ago where my sister got on medication, and it seemed like it was the trigger that caused her to go to suicide. So I've always been scared of it, and so I'm not I'm not against that. But I've never been on it. I, I don't think I'll get on anything uh, for this, you may suggest it, but I just try to deal with it. I try to deal with it on my own way and I don't do well. I really don't. Sometimes I do. And I do have a pattern for it, dealing with anxiety. Um, my, my ability to deal with anxiety is based upon my ability to come up with some type of hope. That's it. Yeah. It's not rocket science, right? Hope, hope, restores so much. And my idea of hope in the situations where I'm scared, where I'm anxious, where I'm brooding, normally has to come in some form of a plan to get to the next day, to be able to say, 
I can take care of the situation that I'm in today. Now, it can be with you, it can be with me, all kinds of things, you know, from from personality conflicts to, uh, you know, issues with your family uh, to uh, issues at work to finances and stuff like that. My big deal has always been finances because I, I have to raise my own funds and it's it's very, very difficult and, it, and it's hard. It stresses me out. I'm not asking for anything. That's not part of the deal. I'm just trying to get you to see the difficulties, some of the things that I go through. And it usually has to do with finances It usually and also feelings of irresponsibility. I have that all the time. I have feelings of, of, of deep irresponsibility, like I am not doing what I need to do, like I have neglected things that I should not have neglected. God has given me situations that I have um, uh, uh, not taken to its potential, and therefore I don't have those, uh, uh, that potential anymore, and I get really anxious about it. I Often, you know, my conversations with the Lord have to do with, I'm sorry. <laughs> a lot of I'm sorry. I'm, oh, I'm sorry for who I am. I, I say that a whole lot. Lord, I'm sorry for who I am. This, this really stinks. I mean, it's, it's something like, God, you know how bad I suck. Please, Father, take me and restore me to something useful. And give me the strength and give me the understanding of your grace that you accept me either way and that everything's not going to fall apart. My anxiety has to do with a lot of things. I mean, it has to do with being a man, too. Being a man, and I'm not saying being a woman doesn't have this. Please, please understand that. But as a man and as a man who holds a traditional view of family and, and responsibility and chivalry, whatever it may be that is man, that's what I hold to. I taught my kids this. My dad was very much like that. I mean, my dad was not a kind person. He was not a a good father in the sense of having a relationship with him. I didn't know him. I did love him very much, but, you know, never talked to him. But he always, the number one thing was him taking care of the family. And he was always stressed about it, too. If things were going well from the standpoint of his ability to pay the bills and, and move forward in the future, then he was in a good mood. Uh, and we loved that whenever my dad was in a good mood. But if things weren't going well, there was a lot of brooding. And I inherited that a lot. I really did. And I just get scared and I get nervous. I tell my, tell my sister who I talk to about this, both my sisters, but uh, I talk to my sisters about this all the time and I'm very honest with them and I just say it's one of those days. I'm scared to death. And uh, they understand, you know. It, there's not a big thing that I should be scared of. There's nothing that I'm withholding necessarily. I mean, I owe a whole lot of money to certain things and I don't know how to take care of it. And it scares me. Um, and a lot of people do. A lot of you guys have big holes that you're in and you don't know how to get out of them. And every day you wake up in the same hole and all you can do is come up with a small bit of a plan maybe to get out of that hole. That's what I do is try to find one step ahead. The next step. I don't feel like I trust in the Lord very well. I don't feel like I know how to trust in the Lord very well. I've got a lot of theology, and I think I know my theology. But at the same time, it doesn't automatically heal me of all of the, all, all of the brokenness that came with, with the fall. That's why I was thinking of today. I am feeling the fall. I am feeling the curse that God gave to Adam in work, that, the, the, the uh, hardship that was going to come in work. 
and I, I feel it very personally. And I, you know, I just, I it's it's one of those days where I don't want to do anything. And I here here's what I do. This is probably the most honest I've ever been in public, and it's scary for me to do this. But I want you to understand it. Here's what I do: is I hide. Now, I don't have a hiding place or anything like that, but I hide in many ways. I hide in the sense of going to a place that I am comfortable with, maybe sitting on my couch or something like that. I try to put on some type of TV show that will get me through the next hour um, and uh, try not to think about anything, block it out of my mind. Now, I'm not saying this is good. This is not anything I recommend to anybody, but this is my failure. This is my brokenness. I hide um, and, and I, 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 I don't have, I hide because there's no hope. I hide from my family. I hide from all conversations. I turn my phone over. I don't want to look at it. I'm scared to death to see what comes up on my phone. It's just kind of one of those days that gets anxiety. And I wanted to do a podcast in the midst of the, one of these days. I didn't have any plans earlier. Didn't have any plans yesterday. Never thought about it before. But just now as I'm sitting here brooding, this is part of my plan. This is part of my plan maybe to say there's something useful right now that I'm doing that is pressing forward. So if I'm not pressing forward, I get really, really scared. Sometimes I deal with this, and I, there's no problem with this, and I think it's, I think it's healthy in a way, in a very real, real way. I deal with simply like this. I've got all these Goliaths in front of me. You know what a Goliath is. It's just a big problem uh, that seems overwhelming that you don't think you're going to be able to come. I've got all these Goliaths in front of me, and I um, I uh, don't know how to handle them. I hide from them, and I do not know. Uh, I, I, I cannot come up with a plan. But with these Goliaths, sometimes I'll think there is an ultimate way that I'm going to get past these. And sometimes I just think, I mean, this, do not think anything about what I'm going to say, okay? I do not want anybody to have any assumptions. My sister committed suicide. I know the effects. I do not want ever to hurt anybody that is close to me, the way that we got hurt, the darkness that came after her suicide. There's nothing like you, those of you who have experienced that you know what I'm talking about, to, for somebody to get that in their mind, that dark, that deep, that hurt, uh, well, it's just, I'm not. I'm not even close to there. I never really have been. I have been close in the sense of I just want to. I just want to go to heaven. I just want to die. I say. I, I do say that a lot. I'm sorry if this disappoints a lot of people, but this is part of my brooding. I just want to die, Lord. I don't want to be here anymore. Would you please just come get us? That's kind of the idea. Um, I've never really thought about killing myself. I've got a lot of guns all over the place, you know, and, and the only thing you do is you just kind of think in your mind, what would you do? I know what you're thinking. Don't go there. That's not what I'm doing. I have no plans ever to do this. I will not do this. You will never find any, any time that the news comes out, whatever news may be with me, or if somebody gets to give you a message and did you say, did you know that Michael Patton killed himself? I will never do that. 
But at the same time, I do want to be as authentic as possible. I think it's okay. I think it's healthy. I think it's, I think it's good. I don't, I don't tell everybody everything because there's a propriety to some stuff. But here, I do want you guys to know that I think about dying sometimes. And I, I have imagined what it would be like. Obviously, with Angie, my sister, doing that, killing herself with a gun, I've thought about it a lot. What would it be like? And so I've thought about that also with myself, saying what would it be like for me to do that? Not in the sense that I would ever do it again. I'm not going to keep on going with this, but I just want you guys to know how, much, how hard sometimes it is for me. And I don't have it all together. I do say, <laughs> the, the saying sometimes in my mind, I'm punting to the eschaton. How's that for a, a theological brooding uh, phrase? <laughs> um, which basically means the eschaton is the end times, the doctrine of the end times. Eschatology is the doctrine, study of the doctrine of the end times. The eschaton is, you know, what's going to happen in the future, the second coming of Christ, all that kind of stuff, all the great stuff we have coming up, the new heaven and the new earth. And sometimes in my mind, that's all I can do. Everything, everything gets, seems to get so bad and so hopeless that in my mind, I have to punt to the eschaton and say, well, one day, maybe there's this gap in between now and then, but one day it will all be resolved. And that is true, and there's not there's there's something healthy about that, because sometimes people and I'm not saying I don't I mean I, I I do I have hope, but sometimes people don't have any hope in this life. Sometimes it's just things are broken forever, and you know you may come up with plans that help you to try to get out of it, but you're not going to be able to get out of things. And there are situations, health situations, that you know. once you hear the news, it's pretty much over until the end. And you have to punt to the eschaton. And that's one very good thing that we do have as Christians, because ultimately that punting to the eschaton, looking forward to what ultimately happens, even though everything right now sucks, it's terrible, and it may be getting worse, one of these days it will get better. And that's the thing I have to tell myself. It will get better. One of these days, I will be walking with Christ. One of these days, I will not have these feelings anymore of brokenness, of insecurity, of fear, of irresponsibility. All the things that I feel one day will be over, and they will be over forever. And I don't know if I'll look back at this little short time, this day that I had of it, and remember it. I have the feeling in some sense you will just to be able to understand the greatness of where you're at, but it won't affect you in a negative way. But it is coming. Ultimately, all these things that I'm going through, all these fears, all these responsibilities that I don't feel like I can, I can measure up to uh, will not be in front of me anymore, but I will be a whole person again. The fall, the curse of Adam will not will not affect anything about my thoughts. It will not pollute me. It will not taint everything. And I will be like the way Christ wants me to be with all kinds of opportunities and stuff ahead of us. New Earth is going to be amazing. It really is. And I'm punting to the eschaton right now because I don't know what I'm going to do otherwise. You know, right now I don't have plans. I know I, know I do, I do. But some, here's, here's another thing I do, okay? I'm sorry. I, I this is probably the worst podcast I've ever done. In some ways, it's just it, maybe it's worthless. But again, behind the scenes, here's Michael Patton. But um, 
you know, sometimes what I do is I, I punt to the eschaton, but sometimes I just punt till tomorrow. I say I can't deal with anything. I'm not going to check anything. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do anything that I'm supposed to do. And this is bad. This is not right. This is procrastination. I am a big procrastinator. It's a part of my problems. I don't procrastinate forever, but I do procrastinate a lot of times. And sometimes they just build up and build up and build up. A lot of things in my life that I have procrastinated and they have built up and they're part of this fear that I have. They're part of this Goliath I don't know what to do with. And I, I set it aside right here. I've got a, a few Goliaths, a couple big Goliaths right now, and I set it aside and um, there's nothing I can do. I can't. I, I generally pay attention to it. It's there, but I have to put it aside. So sometimes I have days where I just put everything aside. I just say, my mind is not going to think about any of this stuff. I'm not going to work it out. I'm not going to come up with a plan. Generally speaking, I'll, plan, I'll say tomorrow I'll have a plan. It's kind of like gone with the wind tomorrow. It's another day, you know, after all. And we do that. You do that. I do that probably. I don't know how many of you guys do this kind of stuff. Um, but I, I just wanted to say, here, here's a day in the life of me that, that isn't the normal one that you would see here. This, is, this truly is me. I mean, I can't get any deeper, I don't think. I don't have any masks on at all, I don't think. I'm going to fix my hair and try to do the best I could with everything to make myself look less brooding, but um, this is me a lot of the times. So I'm not always the person that you that you see teaching theology, uh, the, and I don't certainly don't have it together like you may think. I love the Lord. I love doing what I do, and I do have plans, but today is not one of those days that is a good day, and I think there's something productive in at least telling you guys this and not asking about anything. I'm just trying to tell you, I'm there too. I'm with you. So if you're broken today, know that a lot of us are. We all we all have these days. And if you can punt to the eschaton just for an hour, do it. Give, give yourself some, some time. But also come up with a plan. You know, do you do your best to come up with a plan. Get somebody else to help you come up with a plan. Let's just get to the next day. Christ says today has enough troubles of its own. And today does have a lot of troubles for a whole lot of us. But uh, get a plan uh, and punt to the eschaton every once in a while if you need to. That's what I do. I've got to tell you a couple more things. Uh, and this this is getting real honest. I'm going to quit prefacing everything with all this stuff. You can tell how difficult it is to talk about this stuff. But you know what are the, what are some of the things? Let me talk about some of the glyce. I'm going to be very specific because I I think it's okay for me to do this. And I'm again I'll preface it with this. I'm sorry. This is not some type of basket case that I'm trying to get upon you and. And I, like I'm asking for something, there's something implied. It's it's just not. I just want you to, I want you to see that there there's things going on behind the scenes with me as well, and I know there is with you. And um, hopefully this helps. But you know, he, here's here's some of the glass. I am I do not go see my mom hardly at all, and it kills me. I don't know why. My mom is uh, she she had an aneurysm 2006. And she sits in a nursing home. That's a nice. That's a nice home. It's in a neighborhood. Neighborhood, and she doesn't really understand anything, or 
you go there and she sees who you are and she's very happy to see you, but her mind doesn't work. It just, it just kind of repeats the same things over and over again. And sometimes it gets really, really frustrating because, because when we see her, it's just this, this little short thing that you go through with her saying hi and then her wanting to do something else, watch TV and get away, you know, from you. And, she doesn't remember it. Doesn't doesn't feel like it contributes. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, I I have no excuses. I need to go see her more. But this is part of what I'm saying. I'm not telling you right now. Okay, I'm going to start going see her more. But that's one of the things. Um, that's a Goliath that's in front of me. Uh, most of my Goliaths have to do with with money and plans for the ministry and just personal things. I've got a couple of major debts that I don't know what I'm going to do with. I mean, they're just such big Goliaths. It's like, I don't know how to handle them. I really don't. Um, just one little bite at a time, you know, it's how you eat an elephant, but and that's what I'm trying to do. But I, I can't even sometimes take that bite, uh, because it takes a bite away from another problem. And so it's just, and then things do get better. Things are getting better with, with this kind of stuff. I mean, it is. And ever since that I've been more active and, you know, gotten rid of that, uh, sleep apnea, which was just destroying my life. My mind is working better. It's, it, it can get through things better. So things are getting better in that area, but I, I've got these two major hurdles. Um, I don't have anything in the future. I don't have any 401k. I don't have any, uh, you know, way to say there's going to be retirement. I'm 50 years old. So I'm over that hill for sure. And thinking in the future, how am I going to take care of me and my wife? You know, cause we don't own a house. We don't own really anything. It's, it's just, uh, you know, what I do is I do the best I can to get the money for the bill that is due that day. Uh, whatever it is for ministry or for myself, I haven't been very good with finances. I'm not somebody who, who lavishly buys things. I don't, you know, sometimes I act irresponsibly with money and uh, buy something that I shouldn't. Sometimes I buy a ribeye steak and I shouldn't get one. Sometimes I, uh, you know, buy a uh, cologne that I shouldn't get. I used to do that. I don't do that anymore. There's not that many things that I do. Uh, sometimes I'll, uh, I'll, I'll buy a movie that I shouldn't. I don't have any money for it. But those kind of things are always before me. Financial problems, big, big financial problems. Um, I'm, I'm not doing that good right now with, uh, with my kids, you know, I, they're out of the house. I don't call them enough. I don't pray for them enough. I, uh, should be, you, I'm not that good of a prayer in the way that you would think. I talk to the Lord a lot, but I don't talk to him a whole lot about other people. I'm not that good about stopping and saying, Lord, please help Caitlin, Will, Zach, uh, Kylie and, make sure that, you know, and think through their lives and pray through them. I do do that every once in a while, but very rare. I feel guilty about that all the time. Uh, th there's just things. I am certainly as broken as any of you guys in my, my fall and the fall and my sinfulness. I don't have everything together, but I do have the Lord and I do believe everything that I'm saying here. I do believe what I said about the eschaton. And uh, that these problems, we will be able to overcome them. And the Lord can take care of everything in a split second if he wants to. I'm not, the pro, here's the problem. I'm sorry, I keep, I'm just rambling. But here's the problem is that most of my problems are self-created. If they'd come from somewhere else where, 
you know, things are coming upon you that, you know, even, even one of my financial debts, or both my financial debts, there were things that I could have done, been more responsible so that this did not happen. Um, but I, I didn't. I procrastinated on a lot of stuff or just blocked it out. I had too many days where I punted to the eschaton for a long, long time. It's okay to punt to the eschaton for a short period of time to try to get yourself together and relax. You have to, but you can't do it for as long as I've done it, and that's what I've done. So in some ways, one of this guy wrote me one time whenever I was asking for money for the ministry. I mean, I hate doing that. It's one of the worst things ever. But this guy asked me one time, uh, because he noticed the things that were going on in my life. He noticed things that I didn't even notice about, you know, something's the matter with him. And there it is. Something was the matter with me, you know, with the sleeping. This was way back, you know, after after I got off the drugs, uh, the, uh, the pain pills. But he still noticed something. He said, you know, I want to know that you're okay. And you know, I put on a performance to him and I said, I am okay. You know, you, I am, everything's going great. I've got all these plans, everything, but I wasn't really okay. I still wasn't sleeping. I still was broken. And I'm just now getting to the point where I feel like, okay, now I'm starting to be okay. Now everything's moving forward. Um, another big Goliath, and this is, uh, not a Freudian slip in any other, any sense, but big Goliath is my weight problem. Uh, it's just always there, and it just kills me. I mean, it keeps me from doing a whole lot of stuff. I've gotten a lot better. I mean, it's it's a lot better. I've lost a lot of weight, and I'm moving in that direction very much, and I pray that it finishes, that I keep on going and make the right decisions about things. But um, while I wasn't sleeping, uh, while I wasn't wearing my mask, while I was doing all that sleepwalking, I told that story on my blog. I wrote a long blog about it. I think I even did a podcast about it. But uh, I just gained so much weight. It was incredible. Uh, last week, let me tell you this story. Last week, I was I was uh, having sleep problems again. I sleptwalked one time. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is coming back. Because I slept for 10 years, and it was very destructive. The Probably one of the most destructive sleepwalk stories you've ever heard, if you listen to it. It's weird. It's bizarre. You can listen to it, or you can read it on my blog. Uh, the blog is called Where I Have Been and Why I'm Back After 10 Years. It's on the Credo House blog. But it's just a bizarre thing that happened to me, and it started up again last week. And I was like, oh, my gosh, if this comes back, I don't know what I'm going to do, how I'm going to deal with it. And then I discovered that there was a hole in my mask, a hole in the tubing, and a lot of the air was escaping. And so I got a new tube and put it on there, and then it just went away. The feelings that I had, this, this, it was just this otherworldly feeling that you have if you, if you don't, if I don't wear the mask, and I just can tell. And also, for some reason, I just start to gain a lot of weight, and that's what happened last week. And I was like, "It's coming back. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna gain all the back that I lost." And um, thankfully, I started wearing the mask, and then all of a sudden, you know how you can tell those of you who have deal with weight problems like I do, you can tell whenever it's actually working, whenever you're actually losing weight. You know that you're like, "Okay, my body is adjusted, and it's actually losing weight." You can also tell whenever you're gaining weight. It's like everything you eat feels like it stays with you. But it felt like after I started wearing the mask in last week, I was like, okay, well, I'm back, uh, you know, back to losing weight. But at the same time, that is, that's a big Goliath that I have 
all the time. It affects me. It affects my wife. It affects my my public appearances. It affects where whether I go and hang out with my friends. I don't want to see anybody sometimes because I, I don't want to because of where I've come from. I don't I know. This sounds weird, but who what I looked like before compared to what I look like now it shames me. I don't want people to look at me and say, "Oh my gosh, you know, look at he must be he must have been majorly depressed or must have been ma- majorly something wrong in his life," which there was, you know. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, so but I don't want anybody saying that. I don't want people to look at me and feel sorry for me in that way. That kills me, and so therefore I just stay away a lot of times. But you know. Uh, a big thing is I've got to I've got to keep on losing this weight. It's a Goliath. I, I'm only telling you this because I'm not doing some type of program on weight loss or t- trying to tell you you know where I'm going with it. I just want you to know a day in the life of me and how how sometimes it's it's very difficult. So this is a little uh, appendix to what I just did. There's probably more I could tell, but at the same time. You guys, I want you to, I want you to see some, I I want you to know that you're not alone, you know, because you feel alone. That's the hardest thing about going through things. You feel like somebody, everybody else has it together. And you look at those people and you feel shame about yourself because you don't have it together. But, you know, here's the deal is none of us really have it together. Sometimes we have times where it's a lot better but most of us don't have it together and we need each other and we need to first and foremost before anything else be able to be authentic have environments where we can be authentic there are certain times that you you cannot do this kind of stuff you can't be this way you'll run people off and you got to be sensitive towards that but there have to there has to be environments where you can open up and you got to let people know who you really are and this is who I really am. I hope you've seen it. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that's been somewhat helpful. Once again, second ending. It's kind of like the ending to Mark or John. It ends once, then it ends again, then it ends again. The book of John. Uh, some of you get that. But I'll see you later. Theology 